An atheist couple is fighting to throw out a Texas law mandating a moment of silence in public schools. The Texas Solicitor General will tell us how he will defend the legislation. And Chinese villagers are ready to shoot dust into the clouds to stop it from raining on the Olympic opening ceremonies. Is this even possible? We'll talk to an expert. This is Jerry Johnson Live from Criswell College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian worldview for Christ and culture. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. December 7, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yes. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here is Penna Dexter. About a third of our team um, have the masks, and uh, we anticipate that uh, um, hopefully they won't have to use them. We believe the air quality will be good. Thank you very much for joining me, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Penna Dexter, sitting in for Dr. Jerry Johnson, and very happy to do so this evening and uh, that you are with me. Uh, the United States Olympic Committee Chief Executive Officer Jim Schur, that was him speaking, he was asked if all American athletes have been issued face masks. A group of American cyclists actually arrived in Beijing wearing those masks. They later apologized for doing so. But air pollution, as expected, has been a hot topic of discussion in the lead-up to these 2008 Summer Games. The opening ceremonies are Friday. Here's a report. Even athletes who play indoor sports are being asked about it, including U.S. men's volleyball player Tom Hoff. We haven't had any issues of it. Um, you know, our main concern is just playing the game of volleyball, and uh, we've been playing long enough that we're not going to use that as uh, an excuse or a crutch or anything. So uh, it's not... That's a non-issue for us. Off captains the U.S. team that could be a medal threat at these games. The Americans are ranked fifth in the world after winning the 2008 World League Cup final. In that tournament, the U.S. knocked off gold medal favorite Brazil. They'll open pool play Sunday against Argentina. John Klobuchar, Beijing. Are you going to be watching the Olympics? Are you uh, up for the Beijing Games? And uh, President Bush is also uh, over there or at least on his way. The International Olympic Committee's chief medical official, uh, speaking of the pollution, uh, spoke to reporters. Uh, this is Arnie Lungvist, and he says that the organizers of the Olympics do not recommend that athletes wear these anti-smog face masks in Beijing. I don't see the need for it, honestly, unless there are very unfavorable days and uh, you are yourself sensitive to such situations. Newsweek magazine uh, last week said uh, that the roots of uh, China are a national inferiority complex. They're trying to put their best face on for these Olympics. The smog isn't helping, and uh, they're even going as far as trying to control the weather. They do not want it to rain on Friday for the opening ceremonies. And uh, we are going to talk about this later in the program. They're trying to manipulate the clouds 
by uh, shooting dust into them. And the question is, can the Chinese manipulate the weather? They'd really like to do so. We're going to talk about it with Lawrence Solomon. He's uh, been to China. He studied the country, and he's also an expert on climate and weather. He's written the book, The Deniers, uh, and the subtitle of that book is uh, World-Renowned Scientists Who Stood Up Against Global Warming, Hysteria, Political Persecution, and Fraud, and Those Who Are Fearful to Do So. So he's also an expert on global warming, and we will talk about China's role in that also a little bit later in the program. And uh, then there's a case uh, that's being fought on behalf of the citizens of Texas. It's a 2003 law which allows children to, quote, reflect pray, meditate, or engage in any other silent activities for one minute after the pledges to the American flag and the Texas flag take place in public schools. But an atheist couple from not too far from the studio actually sued. Uh, The lawyer for David and Sharon Croft says that the law is, and he's uh, quoting him, I'm quoting him, the law is a cover for reinstituting organized prayer in schools. In January, this case was thrown out by a federal judge, but it's being appealed, and uh, it's going all the way to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. They'll hear it in the fall. Solicitor General Jim Ho is going to argue for the state of Texas and for the constitutionality of this moment of silence. And he will join us later in the program and we'll also ask you what you think about allowing the moment of silence in Texas public schools. Well, there's been uh, more than just pollution uh, of concern in Beijing. Of course, we've seen stories of spying on hotel rooms, these tiny microphones that are supposed to be in taxis uh, with GPS uh, devices on them. Uh, Of course, crackdowns against dissidents, uh, religious persecution in China, and uh, all sorts of uh, controls on the use of the Internet. All of this has been in the news in the run-up to the Olympics. AP correspondent Anita Chang reporting that Chinese authorities are sensitive about demonstrations in the Tiananmen Square area. Typically, demonstrations in or near Tiananmen Square are very rare, and they're stopped quickly by police. There were these democracy protests led by students in 1989 that led to a bloody crackdown. President Bush, of course, has been asked by certain uh, members of the population here in the United States not to take part in the opening ceremonies, not to go to the Olympics. He is going And uh, I'd love to hear whether you think he should be going. I know people on both sides of that issue. The number is 800-881-9270. Should President Bush take part in the Beijing Olympics opening ceremonies with other leaders of other countries? Uh, President Bush is calling China's pre-Olympic crackdown on dissent a mistake. Uh, He still is going, though. Here's the report. At a news conference here in Seoul, the president said he's often told Chinese leaders they should let their people speak their minds and will do so again in Beijing. To the extent that people aren't able to do that and people aren't able to worship freely is, uh, you know, I I, I think is um, a mistake. But Bush said he's going to the Olympics to show his respect for the Chinese people and to cheer on U.S. athletes. Then after thinking about it for a minute, he added, the order ought to be reversed. Mark Smith with the president, Seoul. I might mention the Baptist Press, which is bpnews.net, is actually sending a writer to cover the Olympics. So uh, you'll be able to go there and get stories, and he'll be interviewing. His name is Tim Ellsworth, and he will be interviewing uh, Christian athletes to get their stories. And I'm sure that if there are any uh, troublesome uh, incidences, he'll be uh, reporting on those also. 
but uh, I mentioned that there are some folks here in the United States who don't think President Bush should be going. As a matter of fact, uh, Republican Congressman Zach Womp, and we want to know what you think about it. So please uh, keep the calls coming in, 800-881-9270. Are you happy that President Bush is, uh, is going to the opening ceremonies? But Zach Womp, who's a Republican congressman from Tennessee, said that the only successful trip by President Bush to China for the Olympics will be one in which he uses the bully pulpit of the White House. Now, Zach Womp is a Southern Baptist, and uh, he uh, basically was asking the president in a face-to-face conversation to talk about uh, the persecution that takes place in uh, China by the government. He urged the president to make sure that uh, the Chinese leaders don't think his presence at the games means that the United States condones or accepts uh, this type of activity on the part of government leaders. And uh, he says that uh, the things on the ground in China should not continue as they are because human rights, individual freedom, Freedom of religion and also freedom of the press are basically non-existent in this country. And, you know, there were a lot of promises made uh, when the, uh, the the Olympics was given to Beijing. Uh, there were a lot of promises made that religious repression would be worked on in the intervening years, and that really has not happened. Uh, but Zach Womp, uh, again, saying uh, he, he actually held a Capitol Hill news conference, and he put the spotlight on many of the repressive practices of China's communist regime leading up to the Olympics. And, of course, we've heard that there have actually been uh, more persecution of Christians and that dissenters have been cleaned out from the areas surrounding the Olympics. Of course, we've heard that the traffic is being cleaned up and the cars are off the road and factories are closed down, but also people who disagree with the government on various issues and even uh, Christian leaders have uh, sort of been cleaned out from these areas. They don't want a lot of controversy. Uh, They want to be able to show their best face to the world on television. But The United States House of Representatives uh, took a vote. Uh, This was a 419 to 1 vote for a resolution calling on China to halt its human rights abuses before the Olympic Games. Uh, President Bush also met in the White House uh, in the run-up to leaving for uh, the Olympics with some uh, Chinese human rights and religious freedom defenders, one of them Harry Wu and also Bob Fu. And... uh, So President Bush is going at least with the idea that he may get the opportunity to say something to the Chinese, and I certainly hope that he does that And uh, as he goes over to China. Uh, Zach Womp, here's one of his quotes. He says, um, Unfortunately, China, all the way back to the transition in Hong Kong, puts on a good face. That's what they're going to be doing during these Olympic Games tries to convince the world that they are pro-freedom and democracy when, in fact, the reality on the ground is that the Communist Party leadership still rules with an iron fist and you cannot speak out and you cannot be an active citizen for fundamental tenets. Zach Womp, congressman from Tennessee, goes on to say places like China say, oh, we're for free enterprise, we're for capitalism, but they're not willing to accept any of the responsibilities that go along with that kind of freedom. As a result, uh, people are going to go look at the Olympics and say, wow, China has changed because it is going to be beautiful. That city of Beijing is beautiful now. 
It'll be as pollution-free as it can possibly be. But, Zach Womp says, if you're on the ground and a citizen of China, it hasn't changed at all. As a matter of fact, your life is still very much at risk if you speak out for the things that you believe in in China. And so there's this hope that President Bush will go and, yes, uh, just make friends with the Chinese. We certainly have to have a, a relationship with China in this day and age. We do so much trade with them, so much business with them. Uh, but we also have to be an influence and use the bully pulpit of the presidency of the United States to try to make a difference uh, with regard to their repressive pol- uh, policies. And the U.S. Congress has voted 409 to 1 to call on China to halt these uh, abuses before the games. Uh, Now, um, there has been uh, also some pressure on President Bush by uh, even Democrats. Some of the Democrats actually doing it for trade reasons. Uh, Some of the Republicans are doing it for freedom reasons. This is according to uh, Congressman Womp, and also individual rights reasons. But whatever their motives, the House actually did come together Uh, To make this statement against China, it's done in a bipartisan way, and I think that is uh, a very good idea. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to talk more uh, in the next segment about uh, China, and we're going to talk about what's going on with regard to the weather there. Do you think it's presumptuous that China would be trying to change the weather? Uh, This uh, country actually has had a lot of experiments with uh, attempting to manipulate their weather. And our guest is going to talk about China's attempts to control the weather, uh, also about China's technocratic attempt to control the environment through all kinds of mechanisms. Of course, as we said, they've rationed auto use. Uh, they they divert uh, rivers and they've shut down factories. And, uh, you know, is this going to work? Uh, is it even possible to change and to control the weather? That will be on the table in the next segment. Uh, Dr. Lawrence Solomon will join us. He, again, is the author of The Deniers, the world-renowned scientist who stood up against global warming, hysteria, and on and on. We'll talk with him on Jerry Johnson Live. We'll also welcome your calls on the issue of China and the Olympics, uh, any opinions you have on President Bush's going or on just the ability of that nation to control their climate and their pollution and their weather. We'd love to hear from you to join the conversation. The number again is 800-881-9270. I'm Penna Dexter. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. got a full-time job and a family, and I'm also getting a master's degree at Criswell College. The new Mac at Night program offers evening block courses for a Master of Arts in Counseling degree. It's so convenient and fits my busy lifestyle as a mom and a professional. Mac at Night offers licensure and non-licensure programs so you can gain ministry knowledge and even prepare for a doctorate. Mac at Night professors are at the top of the Christian counseling field. And Criswell College is partnered with a number of ministries, so you'll get experience and great contacts. My friends and family are so excited to see me back in school with a Mac at Night program at Criswell College. A Master of Arts in Counseling has never been so convenient. Come on, join me for Mac at Night. For more details, call 800-899-0012 or visit criswell.edu. 
Invest in God's kingdom and in yourself through the Chriswell College. See us on the web at chriswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's Penna Dexter. You've got to take every chance you have just to protect the airways, you know? I mean, it's, it's really just taking every precaution necessary. When he talks about the airways, he's talking about the air. That was a U.S. track cycling team member, Michael Friedman. He said he's wearing a face mask ahead of the Olympic competitions because he is concerned about the air quality in Beijing. It's better than it has been, but uh, it's still bad, according to some of these athletes. Athletes, I'm not sure if they're making a statement or if they're really worried about uh, their lungs and their performance, which they probably are. And I mentioned uh, that Newsweek talking about uh, China's national inferiority complex. And one of the articles is uh, China's agony of defeat. It is impossible to understand what the games mean to the Chinese without understanding their history of humiliation. And this really uh, goes on to explain why China is trying to put on such a good face, even to the point of controlling the weather. And uh, there is a piece out of the Palm uh, Beach Post. China readies artillery to avert rain at Olympics, but some think the idea is all wet. The opening day for the 2008 Summer Olympics, as it draws near, thousands of Chinese villagers are in training, loading up artillery shells and readying rocket launchers. They await a call to arms. They aren't part of some civilian security corps. They're part of China's weather modification program, their mission to shoot dust into threatening clouds in advance of the opening ceremony Friday in Beijing. Uh, Post-Olympics coverage says rain will not be allowed to dampen this Olympic flame. With us to discuss this is Lawrence Sullivan, Solomon, and uh, he's been a guest on this program before. He's got a great book out called The Deniers, the world-renowned scientists who stood up against global warming hysteria, political persecution, and fraud. And uh, Mr. Solomon, thank you so much for joining me. My pleasure. Do you think that it's presumptuous of a country like China to think it can actually change the weather? Well, maybe maybe presumptuous, maybe uh, a faint hope. They um, they have a lot riding on the Olympics, and they thought they could manage the environment. They they're they've been diverting rivers to create a a, a lake for the aquatic events. They've they've they think nothing about shutting down industry, throwing thousands, tens of thousands of people out of work in order to to try to um, improve the uh, the environment. They uh, they limit car use. They're even paying for the travel of Ber- of uh, Beijingers uh, who live it around the the, the um, sports complex. Um, they're paying up to forty percent of their expenses if they'll leave the country. Um, so so people are, for example, going to Switzerland and they're having. Forty percent of their plane fare, of their travel expenses, of, of their of their of their their food and hotel covered, and um, the Chinese government is doing this because they want to relieve pressure on the on the infrastructure um, inside Beijing. So it's a it's very much a, a command and control um, economy. Uh, the leadership is very much command and control, and they think they can control the weather as well. Okay, we're talking about uh, thirty-seven. Uh thousand people with 7,000 artillery guns and 4,700 rocket launchers in place. They're all working in tandem. 
and the leaders of these communities where they are, and also the meteorologists in the radar stations, I guess they're all ready to go on, on command. And um, as you said, uh, Mr. Solomon, that the country spends about $63 million a year on their weather modification programs, and they claim a benefit worth $1.7 billion a year. That's a little hard to quantify, though, isn't it? Well, it is. A lot of these projections are, <clears throat> are, are dubious at best. Yeah. Okay. You've been in China recently, and uh, you've been there a couple of times at least. Have you seen a big improvement over the uh, last few years? Um, yes, there's been. There actually has been a big, uh, a big improvement. People are are very conscious of the um, the economic improvement in in China, and and certainly uh, that that economic improvement is there. Uh, the there's also <clears throat> also a, a great um, environmental improvement. It's hard to believe because the environment in China is still so poor, but it it was uh, much poorer. The air is is much better now. They uh, the 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 populace is, is much more concerned uh now about for example their um their their uh, their their smoking their the incidence of smoking is is much lower than uh than it used to be so the um there has been an opening up in the chinese economy there there is more autonomy now for um for individuals and and individuals are exercising their autonomy the way individuals anywhere in the world would be by by trying to better themselves um, economically and also environmentally so they they are um, they are making great strides but uh, the the strides left to go are immense okay back to the weather because uh, you are an expert on weather and climate and we're going to talk about global warming in just a moment but um the meteorologists there in china say that there's a 50% chance of precipitation during the olympics uh, sort of the rainy season there is sort of winding down and uh, do you know anything about this technology that they are actually using to try to prevent it from raining? No, I don't know anything about their particular technology. I, I do know that there, there have been many attempts, all, all kinds of attempts, to, to control weather, control r- rainfall. Uh, there appears to be an ability to control it to some extent, except, except it's a, a, a very fleeting control, um, n- nothing that nothing that you could um, consider to be um, predictable. Nothing you'd want to bank on. Uh, one of the things that let's go to global warming for a moment, since that's what your book is about, and it's a wonderful book because uh, it really quotes a lot of experts who don't buy the global warming hype. But uh, as the United States deals with the rest of the world on this issue, and, of course, there's so much pressure uh, for us to be part of this whole uh, Kyoto phenomenon, which you have uh, wisely resisted doing. Uh, And one of the reasons is because of India and China and because they are such great polluters. And, uh, of course, they have no uh, intention of signing on to anything that will limit their growth, do they? No, and in fact, um, uh, the Indian government uh, just came up with uh, with its national action plan on climate change, and it, it's very interesting because the um, the plan uh, states uh, as clear as can be that there is no proof that man is contributing to uh, climate change. This is the the first country that I'm aware of that formally um, acknowledges that there is no no proof, and, and in fact, it goes through the 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 uh, India's geography uh, to point out that in some parts of India have 
had warming and other parts have had cooling. And on balance, it's been no different uh, of late than it has been historically in India. And uh, the, the same applies to glaciers. Some glaciers are melting, but some are advancing. And there's no, no, no difference that, that um, can be, can be uh, attributed to, um, to anything other than the natural causes. So India formally um, uh, states that there is no evidence at this point of man-made uh, climate change. And at the same time, they say they are very happy with the Kyoto Treaty, because under the Kyoto Treaty, they have no obligation to spend any of their own money uh, on climate change. In fact, their obligation is just the opposite. Under the Kyoto Treaty, their obligation, the obligation of India and countries like China, uh, their obligation is to um, develop their economy and to alleviate poverty, not to protect the environment. And if they are to protect the environment, it's only if there are transfers from the West, transfers of technology from the West, and tr transfers of, of money from the West. So India and China, in a way, are sitting pretty with Kyoto because um, their duty under Kyoto is not to spend their own money, only to spend Western taxpayers' money, mm -hmm. um, and, um, and, and they remain free to develop their economies as, as really the populace in those countries desire. And, of course, this is why the Bush administration has refused to sign on to this, because it isn't really in the best interests of the United States. But one thing, uh, and Lawrence Solomon is my guest, and I might mention he's founder and executive director of Energy Probe Research Foundation, also uh, author of this book, The Deniers. Uh, but it's prosperous countries who do the most about their environment. And what we're really talking about here, uh, you know, some people are talking about the environment under the rubric of global warming. But if you really want to talk about the environment, a, uh, a free market, uh, prosperous economy that's allowed to prosper is the one that's going to have the cleanest environment, isn't it? That's right. The, um, the, the, the history has been that the um, that uh, the affluent countries, uh, really the countries that operate under the uh, rule of law and, and under markets, are the ones that have been most successful um, in um, in having a, a clean environment. And I think part of that is the, is the affluence, but the other part of it are the rights, because under the under the the legal rights, the common right, uh, common law rights that um, the U.S. has inherited from from Britain and other, other countries with the common law system have inherited. Under those rights, citizens can sue. They can stop polluters. And that has been a very effective tool um, in stopping pollution over the decades and centuries. Lauren Solomon, thank you so much for your book, The Deniers. It's really uh, one of the best resources on global warming. We appreciate also you joining us today. Thank you for having me. All right, ladies and gentlemen, at the uh, National Center for Atmospheric Research, uh, one of the experts there says that the Chinese scientists are in the unfortunate position of trying to placate their politicians. That's why they're working so hard to change the weather. <laughs> we wish them luck. Well, ladies and gentlemen, next up, uh, we've got another interesting topic that affects the citizens of the state of Texas. Uh, the question is, should Texas continue to mandate a moment of silence in public schools? One Carrollton couple, they're atheists, they say no, they're suing. We're going to talk with the Texas Solicitor General, Jim Ho, about that case right after this.
You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's Penna Dexter. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, The Texas Attorney General, Greg Abbott, uh, took an action uh, last Friday filing papers to urge the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals to uphold the moment of silence, which uh, was passed as a law in 2003. It gives students a minute of silence to, quote, reflect, pray, or meditate. And uh, they get to do this after the Pledge of Allegiance and the Pledge to the Texas flag. With us to discuss this is the man who's actually going to be arguing this before the Fifth Circuit. He is Jim Ho. He is the uh, Solicitor General for the state of Texas. Jim, thank you so much for joining us. It's uh, truly my pleasure and want to say hello to all my uh, friends out there in my former hometown of Dallas. Well, great. Uh, Well, we're glad that uh, one of our own from Dallas is down there in Austin working for the state. And of course, the Solicitor General is really the chief attorney for the state of Texas, correct? Uh, I it is the uh, the chief appellate uh, lawyer for Texas. Uh, that that's correct. So you're going to be appealing this, and let's just uh, let's just get the story of this case. We've talked before about this atheist couple uh, whose children are in the Carrollton Farmers Branch School District, David and Shannon Croft, and uh, they didn't like the fact that there was this moment of silence taking place. So they sued. Correct. That is correct. Uh, the legislation was passed in 2003. They filed suit, and my predecessor, Ted Cruz, uh, successfully defended that statute in the federal district court in Dallas. They've appealed to the Court of Appeals, and we are going to be uh, robustly and aggressively defending that statute uh, in that court. Now, they did also sue the uh, school district. They've dropped uh, them from the suit, correct? That's correct. Uh, Attorney General Abbott, uh, with with the assistance of myself and and, and our colleagues, uh, moved to dismiss the school district. Uh, about a week or so ago, and just last Friday, the the court granted our motion. So now it's on your shoulders, and are you going to be taking it to the Fifth Circuit? When will this take place? Well, we've just filed our brief in response to the Crofts brief, and so the next step is that they are entitled to file a reply brief, and once that's done, uh, the court will decide whether they want to set oral argument or if they want to rule on the papers. You know, it, it, it's presumably likely that that, that that oral argument will be set, that the plaintiffs have asked for oral argument, and we have not opposed. All right. Uh, my guest is uh, Texas Solicitor General Jim Ho, and uh, what the Crofts beef is here is that they really think that we're bringing back prayer in school with this moment of silence. What's your response to that? Well, the statute clearly does three things. It fosters patriotism, it encourages thoughtful contemplation, and it promotes non-discrimination against religion. We believe this is a religious freedom statute uh, because all it says is uh, we begin every school day with a voluntary recitation of the Pledge of Allegiance, uh, first to the United States and then to Texas. That's followed by a minute of silence during which students can do anything that they want, any silent, non-disruptive, uh, non-disruptive activity. If they decide they want to pray during that time, they may do so. All we're trying to do is protect the rights of students to engage in any activity of their choice. And if that just so happens to be a religious activity, that's perfectly fine. That's all the statute says. And you mentioned uh, that this uh, that this couple lost in district court, and the judge uh, said that there is a secular purpose for this law, encouraging thoughtful contemplation. It doesn't necessarily advance or inhibit religion. Can you explain that? Absolutely. I mean, the the, the, the statute... Uh, by establishing that there will be a recitation, voluntary recitation of the pledge, 
and following that with a minute of silence, all that does is it really gives every student in every Texas public school the opportunity to start the, fo- start the day off on the right footing, and that's to think uh, seriously about the day. They can think about uh, their forefathers. They can think about uh, our brave soldiers uh, dying for our freedoms in Iraq. They can think about the school day, and if they want to, they can pray. Uh, that, is, that is an encouragement of thoughtful contemplation and a protection of individuals' rights to engage in any exercise they choose, including religious exercise. Okay, uh, Jim, just as a citizen, and I think it's only common sense, our kids uh, today are you know, usually busy. Uh, they're usually stressed out because they've got so many pressures on them, in a sense, to achieve, especially in many of uh, the schools here in Texas. We try to have you know, high standards here. And so the idea of this minute of silence, to me, I mean, even if you didn't pray, if you weren't a Christian, I think it's important for kids to pray before the school day. But even if you didn't, it's just a good idea to have just one minute, 60 seconds to decompose, don't you think? That, that's entirely the purpose of the statute, and, and that's why so many legislators supported it. It was overwhelmingly supported by both houses of the Texas uh, legislature for precisely the purpose you're talking about. Can you tell us uh, what the law is? For instance, if a child were to pray out loud or even try to lead a prayer during that time, what would be the, uh, the law regarding that? Well, it is a minute of silence, and, so, uh, and the law specifically says that uh, teachers uh, are, are to enforce that silence, much like librarians enforce silence throughout the day in school libraries. Uh, and the key thing is that students can engage in any non-disruptive, silent activity of their choice. And what plaintiffs are doing, really, is turning the First Amendment on its head, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. The free exercise clause of the First Amendment protects students' rights to engage in prayer. Uh, nothing in the First Amendment prohibits this, and in fact, the First Amendment, through the free exercise clause, guarantees it. Well, you know, it's just the free exercise clause is just that. And uh, in a sense, uh, these kids have so much that is uh, sort of in Christian kids that are in public school that is an attack on their religion. And uh, for the state of Texas, I think it's only the responsible thing to do to protect their right to just have a time of silent prayer. And that's what you are all about. Um, and uh in your opinion, because I noticed that when this bill was put into law back in 2003, uh, the author, Jeff Wentworth, actually would like to put prayer back in schools, but uh, that's not what the wording of the law is, is it? Well, I, th- I think what the sponsors of the legis- in the legislature wanted to do, uh, they wanted to do a couple of things. They wanted to foster patriotism. They wanted to encourage thoughtful contemplation. And they wanted to make absolutely certain that when they had this minute of silence, that students would be allowed to do whatever they wanted to do as long as it was, as it was silent and non-disruptive. And if that so happened to include prayer, that was something that the legislature uh, thought would be perfectly fine. And it's our, our duty and our intention to defend that statute vigorously in the, in the federal courts of appeals. Okay, folks, uh, the question on the table is, should Texas continue to mandate a moment of silence in the public schools? That's what the law does. Uh, that uh, moment of silence can be used for anything a child wants. They can pray. They can think. They can plan. They can meditate. Uh, they can do whatever they want, uh, just remaining silent for one minute. Following the Pledge of Allegiance, give us a call, 800-881-9270. A Solicitor General, J. 
James Ho is my guest here on the program. He's going to be representing the state of Texas in this appeal at the Fifth Circuit, and he basically says that the lawsuit by the Crofts is a misinterpretation of the Constitution, and um, he's explained that to us here on the program. And um, Jim, can you just give us, before I let you go, maybe the gist of uh, your uh, defense of the state as you're planning right now to present that in the fall? Well, we've, uh, we've worked hard on the brief that we just filed. Um, we're obviously anticipating uh, the other side filing their reply brief, and then we'll be looking forward to oral argument and uh, getting ready uh, to answer any questions that the judges might have and giving them, obviously, the opportunity to uh, cross-examine the plaintiffs as well. Well, we're going to be praying for you. And ladies and gentlemen, I encourage you, if your children are in the public school and they are participating in the moment of silence right now, have them pray for Solicitor General Jim Ho as he goes to court to protect their right to do so. And Jim, thank you so much for uh, serving the state of Texas and also for joining me today. Thank you so much. It was uh, deeply, deeply my honor. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are taking your calls on this issue. What do you think about this moment of silence? Is this just too much to ask for the state to allow or even mandate this? 800-881-9270. We're taking your calls here on Jerry Johnson Live. Lauren is in Mesquite. Lauren, thanks for calling in. Hi, thank you for having me. I just wanted to say that I think it's absolutely ridiculous that prayer got taken out of school in the first place. When I went to school, I wasn't even allowed to bring a Bible. I did anyway, but if I'd gotten caught, I would have gotten in trouble. And thank God for people that are willing to stand up for this little bitty thing that we have left. The atheists have the 1% of them taken so much from us, and I'm just so thankful that there's somebody willing to stand up for our kids. I guess the children of this uh, couple, the Crofts, uh, were offended by the fact that uh, some people might be praying during this time, but they were doing it quietly and silently. And, uh, you know, there tends to be this right not to be offended uh, among the atheists that they think they have to protect in America. Thank you for your call, Lauren. We appreciate it. Let's go to David and Kaufman. David, thanks for calling in. Yes, ma'am. I agree with the last lady who was just on the phone. And let's, let's just allow whatever. I'm sorry, my wife turned the radio back on. Anyway, long story short, I'm just glad that it, it may be a moment, one minute, and uh, let's keep. I'm sorry. Okay, I thanks, David. We appreciate your call. Cliff and Waxahachie, go ahead. Yeah, I just think that it's totally ridiculous also that these people are getting so mad at Christians and then they just attack to try to take prayer out of school and it ought to be uh, proof to the what the Bible says about the end times and that uh, it makes the Bible even true. You know, it's very interesting. Uh, in Illinois, uh, I guess they had a law like this, and the district judge issued a temporary injunction banning it <laughs> in that uh state. There's a trial pending there, too. So these battles are being fought all over the country. We'll continue to take your calls on this issue. Uh, Is it uh, okay or all right with you that Texas mandates a moment of silence in public schools in the morning uh, after the pledge? Is that okay, or is that uh, just violating the atheist's freedom not to be offended? Give us a call, 800-881-9270. This is Jerry Johnson Live.
Criswell College is proud to present the new Mac at Night program. It's a Master of Arts in Counseling degree obtained by attending evening block classes. There are licensure and non-licensure options depending on your career goals. Mac at Night features some of the best professors in the field of Christian counseling, and all courses are biblically based. Expand your ministry or prepare for a doctorate. Criswell College makes it simple and convenient. All Mac at Night courses are scheduled with the working professional in mind. If you've got a full-time job, a busy lifestyle, or even raising a family, you're perfect for Mac at Night. Get your Master of Arts in Counseling at Criswell College with Mac at Night. Call 800-899-0012 or go to criswell.edu. That's 800-899-0012 or criswell.edu. Invest in God's work and yourself through this convenient program through the Criswell College. It's Mac at Night. See criswell.edu. That's criswell.edu. listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's Penna Dexter. We are taking your calls at 800-881-9270. We want to know what you think about the moment of silence in Texas. Should it be part of the law? It is being challenged by atheists. It's going to the uh, the Fifth Circuit, which is the second uh, level before the Supreme Court. Who knows? This case could go all the way to the United States Supreme Court. And sometimes when cases are being fought in various venues across the country, as I mentioned before the break, Illinois is also dealing with this. They do end up at the Supreme Court. It would be good to settle this once and for all. Of course, uh, back in the 60s, School prayer was struck down at the United States Supreme Court, and uh, things have uh, deteriorated since that time. So we're taking your calls, and uh, Cliff is on the line. Also, Lee, uh, whoever is waiting on the phones, we are going to take your calls. But I do want to play this uh, part of an ad. Uh, This is an ad for the John McCain campaign, and I think it's kind of funny because, of course, John McCain put Paris Hilton in one of his ads, uh, sort of mocking Barack Obama and his celebrity status. And she returned the favor. Here's that. He's the oldest celebrity in the world. Like super old. Old enough to remember when dancing was a sin and beer was served in a bucket. But is he ready to lead? Hey America, I'm Paris Hilton and I'm a celebrity too. Only I'm not from the olden days and I'm not promising change like that other guy. I'm just hot. But then that wrinkly white-haired guy used me in his campaign ad, which I guess means I'm running for president. So thanks for the endorsement, white-haired dude. And I want America to know that I'm, like, totally ready to lead. And now I want to present my energy policy for America. Just as soon as I finish reading this article on where I can fly to to get the best hand. Oh, Maui. Loves it. Okay, so here's my energy policy. Barack wants to focus on new technologies to cut foreign oil dependency, and McCain wants offshore drilling. Well, why don't we do a hybrid of both candidates' ideas? We can do limited offshore drilling with strict environmental oversight while creating tax incentives to get Detroit making hybrid and electric cars. That way, the offshore drilling carries us until the new technologies kick in, which will then create new jobs and energy independence. Energy crisis solved. Wow. Uh, What a concept. A comprehensive energy plan coming out of the mouth of Paris Hilton. It's actually a better plan than Barack Obama's plan. 
And uh, we just thought you'd like to hear that. But we are taking your calls on this issue of prayer. And, of course, throughout the Word of God, we're told to give thanks. We're told to pray. We're told many instances in which uh, we as the church are prayed for by our leaders. Uh, In the beginning of every one of his epistles, uh, Paul talks about giving thanks for those people in whatever church he was writing to and what he prays for them. Isn't it uh, enough or is it too much to ask that students who are Christians in public schools might be given the time to pray either for themselves or for their fellow students, or if they don't want to pray, just to be silent for one minute. It is too much to ask for the Croft family, and they are suing, and this is going all the way up uh, the court system. It's going to be interesting to watch, and we want to know what you think about it. Let's go to Lee in Plano. Lee, thanks for calling in. Well, my opinion is that... uh they didn't bother really, but to either side, because that moment of prayer, I can tell you from having taught in the schools, is uh, and still substituting frequently, is just barely observed. And oh, really? Yes, that's in every classroom I've I've been in. You haven't really seen the law conform to. They do have. They will. The principal will say on the PA uh, now for a moment of, of silence, but. The kids, it's just, it becomes an awkward moment where, because they don't expect them to bow their heads to have a silent moment of prayer, the kids just kind of stand there and look at each other. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, I have tried to set the example when I've been in the classroom to, uh, I did as a full-time teacher and then as a substitute to uh, bow my head. And, and then I've suggested to them later, um, you know, you can't make them pray, but I've said that that might be a good time to uh, just say a, a silent prayer for your day and, uh, you know, that kind of thing. And they they don't observe it as a prayer time. They just tolerate it until it's over. Hmm. And so, so do you think it should just not be there then? I don't think it's very useful. So I'm saying, it, you know, it, it's one of those um, choose your battle things, and I would not choose this as one. Right. Okay. Well, thanks, Lee. And, you know, in a sense, uh, that is good to hear that point of view from someone who's been a teacher. Uh, I think that it should be protected at all costs simply because uh, it's just, it's a statement. It's a statement of the right of Christians to express themselves in the public school. And if we let that one go, then, you know, forget it. We're just about finished. Let's go to Elsie in Mansfield. Elsie, thanks for calling in. I put a, a quick uh, thought and then a question. So it just seems ridiculous to me that uh, the Croft family wouldn't sort of appreciate the moment of silence in that it's not uh, forced prayer. It seems like it was really designed for that type of family. And then secondly, I, just right. wondered, what your th- I wondered what your thoughts were on you know the movement of so many Christian families going to homeschooling or putting their children in Christian schools. If you think even if we win this battle now, you know what does the future hold in five to ten years as there are less and less Christian families in the public school system? Well, I think uh, the first thing you have to look at is your children and their well-being. And it is uh, a light, in a sense, to have Christians in the public school, but I don't think we should consider our children as the weapons of this warfare uh, right now. And so I really, because of the uh, situation in the public schools where uh, God is just squeezed out and immorality is in so much of the curriculum. I mean, I would recommend to parents to put their kids in a private Christian school or at home, but many uh, parents don't. 
And if they don't, then what my recommendation would be to stay totally on top of what they're learning and try to sort of debrief them as much as you can uh, when they're in the public school. Uh, Texas is better than other states in a sense we have a very good abstinence law. Uh, we have a law that says you're not supposed to promote homosexuality in the schools. And uh, so in a sense, I mean, they're safer in the Texas schools, but they're not safe because there is just uh, there's really this this whole um, really aura and uh, from on high from the uh, federal levels. Uh, there is almost a national curriculum in this country, and uh, at least a de facto national curriculum. And so really it's very, very difficult for Christians to learn anything or be able to express their faith in the public school. One-minute moment of silence. And it's pretty pathetic that that is all we've got, but I think we've at least got to protect it. Let's go to Darwin in Bedford. Darwin, thanks for calling in. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for taking the call. Um just before the break, you uh, made a comment about their um, uh, freedom to not be offended, right. or maybe a right, right to not be offended. I'm no expert in constitutional law, but I have read it, and I never saw anything guaranteeing me a right to not be offended. There is no right not to be offended. Dar- Darwin, thanks for making that very good point. We appreciate it. Well, uh Here's something that uh, maybe young people who are a little bit stressed out, homework, family, parents, sports, could uh, actually think on if they wanted to during that moment. In Philippians 4, 6, one of my favorite verses, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Maybe they could write that on the back of their hand for that moment of silence. Thanks for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jerry Johnson Live. You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.